It's the Memorial Day sales event at the DGDG Mazda stores. Capital Mazda, Stevens Creek Mazda, Concord Mazda, and Team Mazda. Hey, it's Sean Del Grand. And we've got over 800 brand new Mazdas with outstanding incentives, like low monthly lease payments and low APR financing. Yep, it's just a great time to buy. So don't miss the Memorial Day sales event at the DGDG Mazda stores in San Jose, Concord, and Vallejo. Financing on approval of credit. Listening to the San Jose Sharks Morning Tide, brought to you by Coors Light. Logan Couture wins it in overtime. Now here's your host, Ted Ramey. Nothing, nothing here. Anaheim moving in. Little opportunity toward the net for the Ducks. Right on. It was David Backus who got the shot away. Martin Jones the save. Sharks skate up ice. Could be a mini two on one. Sorensen in front. Quick back. Nieto shoots and scores. With a backhand tip of a Marcus Sorensen pass. And how about the fourth line coming through? You like the start, you hate the second, you like the response, I guess. Would, have, would be, uh, you take that? Whoa, what a game last night, everybody. That was wild. That was a game and a half. I feel like we had two games compressed into one. I certainly know that we saw three distinctly different periods from the San Jose Sharks. The first period seemed like it was everything that Bob Bugner and Logan Couture had talked about during the little break, things they wanted to see. Uh, I go back to Coach in particular saying, if we get shots off, if we are aggressive, if we can keep it in the zone and create good looks, even if we don't score, we'll get another opportunity. We'll get a rebound. We'll get another shot on goal. And that was exactly what happened. They were aggressive. There was movement. They were doing everything right. Now, Gibson is one of the elite shot stoppers in the NHL, and he was doing his best, and he kept the Sharks to just one goal. But you saw exactly what the team thought they were capable of doing. You saw the aggression. You saw you saw the sharpness. They scored the one goal. Nieto, back in his SoCal confines, was able to find the back of the net. And the Sharks headed into the dressing room looking like a team entirely different than what we had really seen up to this point of the season. And then something happened. And this has been the bugaboo for the Sharks all year long and I don't know what exactly is going on, and I don't think they exactly know what is going on, but an entirely different team emerged in the second period, and it's troubled me up to this point, and I was troubled by it again, and obviously it's bailed out by the fact that the Sharks were able to come back and win that game in overtime in a shootout, but one of the things that I keep on seeing with the Sharks this year, it's like when they do have these great first periods, it's like they come out in the second period and they act like the game's won. And that makes me think that some of the imprint that is there from a previous generation, or maybe not even a generation if you want to call it for the Sharks, but it used to be that if the Sharks went up big in the first period like that, they were so talented that the game was over, right? I mean, we remember those games. They, were, they happened all the time. That is not the case any longer with the San Jose Sharks. If they do score those first period goals if they do take the lead early on they have got to be that much better they have got to double down and try even harder in these second periods because so far this year one of the constants has been giving up a slew of goals in the second period not showing the same intensity not showing the same fire not showing the same passion the same crispness the same whatever it is that they're able to do in the first period and they've had many first periods in this year where they've looked like the better team 
only to come out and watch it disappear. I mean, we've seen five unanswered goals at certain points. We've seen just an entire reversal of fortunes. And I know that Brent Burns alluded to it after the game, like these guys are in the NHL as well. The opposition, that is, they're not just going to sit back and take it. It's like, well, I know they're not just going to sit back and take it, but you have to know that they're not going to sit back and take it. You have to redouble your efforts. You got to know that that team's going to come back and respond. And that's what the Sharks have allowed to happen all too many times. And if you know it's coming, that means you need to go for the kill quick in that second period. You need to put that game out of reach. You need to mentally defeat the opposition. And we know that the Sharks are capable of doing that. I mean, look what happened in the third period. Another total reversal of fortunes. You saw Logan Couture and Evander Kane and Brent Burns all come forward with big-time performances. Because I'll tell you what, who's getting paid? Evander Kane. Who's getting paid? Brent Burns. Who's getting paid? Logan Couture. Who's got a C on their sweater? Logan Couture. That's what Bob bugner has been talking about all year long. He keeps on saying, we need our best players to play like our best players. And lo and behold, that's exactly what happened. The Sharks erased a two-goal deficit going into the third on the road and were able to eventually take a 4-3 lead that went away because the Ducks, as you expected them to do, they fought back, but the Sharks, to their credit, were able to get the win in whatever way, shape, or form it was gettable. You know, like they, it didn't it didn't matter to me that it's in a shootout. I know that some people are going to walk out of this and say, well, Ted, three of their first four wins of the year have been in a shootout. I don't care. Two points is two points, or are two points. However I'm supposed to say that, that's what the Sharks were able to get. They walked away with the win. You can't take those points off the board. And no matter how they got there, the Sharks were the winners when the night was done. But it's amazing to watch this type of a roller coaster performance from the Sharks. It's just it reminds you of what they're capable of on both ends of the spectrum. It's downright confusing. You watch that first period and you say, whoa, this is exactly what the Sharks need to do. You saw the effort. You saw the speed. You saw the movement. You saw so many of the things that you thought they were capable of doing that you heard Bob Bugner say he wanted his team to do. That didn't happen by accident. That was the result of the practice they did for the past week due to the fact that they got some rest, due to the fact that they got to go home to their own literal homes. It paid off, and we saw the Sharks play their best period of the year, and they played with emotion. That's another thing, mostly on the power play we've heard Bugner hammer home, but we saw the Sharks as a dominant force against a team that I think we all went into this saying the Sharks should be able to beat this Ducks team. Even though the Ducks are going to be fighting for that fourth spot, just like the Sharks, we watch the Sharks play like they viewed themselves as the better team, like they viewed themselves as the team that should be playing like that. And I think that's what made the second period even more frustrating because you saw these things and you said to yourself, what the hell? What on earth did I just watch considering they've come out and played like this in the second period, which is the reality, which is the non-reality. And I think that as much as it pains me to say is that right now it's a little bit in this team's DNA to have a bad second period and they need to adjust that just like right now. It's a little bit in this team's DNA that three of their four wins so far early in this year have come in the shootout. That means they're not doing enough to put teams away in regulation. 
But I also know that the Sharks have always been the better team on three on three. And Jones has been huge in the shootout. But man, just so much to react to out of that game last night. And one of the things that I was thinking about immediately after the game was going back to when the Sharks played in the stadium series game at Levi's Stadium and Epics or Epics, however it's pronounced, were doing that documentary on them. And they had the cameras inside the dressing room and we saw Joe Pavelski's F-bomb-laden tirade to the team. And we know after the game, Bob Bugner said that he had had some words with the team. We know that he challenged guys, particularly some of the big-name guys. Um, but I would have loved to have seen what Logan Couture said to the team. I would have loved to have seen if Brent Burns said anything. I would have loved to have seen who spoke up and who said things and how these things were said. And not not to, because I don't believe they're being said. Listen, I believe these guys go into every game. I believe they're not happy. I know the competitive fire that burns within a Logan Couture. I know what these guys are like. I've seen them after tough wins. I've seen them after tough losses. I've seen them through it all. I know what sort of intensity is there. I just mean for my own selfish reasons, I would like to have seen it because we know what occurred and we know that there were definitely a slew of four-letter words dropped a la Pavelski, but it's really fascinating to watch this team just fly from one end of the spectrum to the other because they came out at the start of the third period and boom, immediately score a goal. And Carter Rowney in the right-wing corner is body-checked there by the Sharks defenseman Ferraro. Now it's Ferraro and Burns together, you notice, in the third period. Here comes Evander Kane, gets the headband, makes the move on the D, tried to go short side, say made rebound, Couture shoots and score! Logan Couture in front of the net gets the backhand tip, and the Sharks are back in the game! And then what do they do after that? They immediately took a penalty. And you're thinking, my God, that's just what they did, although not scoring the goal, but that's very similar to how the second period started off. They found themselves on the penalty kill, and that put them in a bad way for the remainder of the period. But then Evander Kane came through with his biggest moment of the year. Still a minute to go on the Anaheim power play as the Ducks throw it around. And again, this is where they're going to miss Ryan Getzlaff a lot because he'd normally be out there trying to set people up. Instead, here comes Kane, stealing the puck. Moves down the ice, shorthanded, cutting in, shoots, score! Evander Kane ties the game at three, and the Sharks are back even with the Ducks in the third period. And after that, we saw Brent Burns come through with yet another big moment for the Sharks, giving them the lead, at least temporarily. Eric Carlson gets it back to Kane. Now to Gambrell, moving into the offensive end. Tipped it around the boards, but... Gibson came out to get it. Now that's up because the puck goes in. Brent Burns intercepts the puck. He slaps it home, and he gets his 700th career point in the NHL to put the Sharks in front by the score up 4-3. to three. And at that point, I was telling myself, this is big. This is huge. This is exactly what you want to see from the Sharks because they showed that they had that fight, that they had that response. And listen, They've been in some tight games so far this year. They've been able to plow through and walk away with some tight wins in the shootout. Obviously, there were two shootout wins that came before this one. But you wondered about the mentality and the mental toughness of this team after playing such a good first period and then giving it all up. But that response at the start of the third period and getting those three goals in quick succession and taking the lead, even though they did allow the game to be tied, at that point I was thinking to myself, hey, you're on the road, you were down 3-1, entering the third after collapsing in the second period, 
if you walk away with an overtime loss out of this one and pick up a point, you're going to feel like that's a win. And I know that that can be seen as a, a loser's mentality, but no, those points all count, which by the way, if the Sharks end up being just edged out of the fourth and final spot in the playoffs, you might think back to some of these points they gave up in shootout wins. But like I said, I was feeling like, hey, you get a point out of this one, you feel good, you're on the road, you were down 3-1, blah, 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 blah. But even when they gave up that fourth goal, I felt like that was a point at which they could have faltered, right? Like you did all that work to get back and take the lead, but suddenly they found themselves tied up again and potentially heading towards another shootout on the road. And they've all been on the road because the Sharks haven't had any home games yet, but it would have seemed appropriate, or I don't know if appropriate's the right word, but it would have seemed plausible to see the Sharks lose that game in overtime. And suddenly when they had to go on the penalty kill in overtime, it would have seemed again likely to walk away with an overtime loss. But the Sharks, they dug deep in this one on multiple occasions. And these are the kind of wins, in my opinion, that pay dividends going forward. And I know that it is easy to blame Martin Jones. I say that two of the goals that he let in were on him and two of the goals that he let in were not on him. So the fact that he came up so huge in overtime and made just amazing stops, especially considering on both of them, he bought on the first move or even got beat. He was still able to make some spectacular saves. And let's be honest, if it weren't for the play of Jones in a lot of these earlier shootouts, the Sharks would have significantly less wins. He's been huge in shootouts and Martin Jones has been an easy target for Sharks fans. Uh, so to see him come through like this once again, with the game on the line, he was massive. And you want to go back to other moments from Jones during this game. How about the end of the second period when the Ducks were really laying it on and it felt like the Sharks were saved by the bell at the end of that second period? I thought that Jones was coming through big time and time again. The Sharks were reeling and Jones was able to make a few stops that kept this game within reach. You don't know if they go down four to one at that point, if they would have been able to recover, but just a great performance from Jones in the biggest moments of this game. A great comeback from the Sharks to find themselves now 4-5 and five on the year, entering a key stretch of games, especially these four against the Ducks and the Kings. One down, one win. I have been looking at three wins out of these four games, and I don't think that four wins are entirely out of the question. And if the Sharks can get themselves to 500 after these four games, or maybe even above 500, it could really change the dynamic of this season compared to what we've seen so far, especially considering they haven't even played a home game yet. That's coming up on the 13th. But the refrain I keep on returning to is that if I told you that on a nine-game road trip to start the season, the Sharks were going to be four and five, you probably wouldn't hate it. And I'm sure that is the mindset that Bob Bugner has right now. The fact that he has his team in a place where they can get to 500 on the 10th game of the year, all of which have been played on the road, that's not a bad place to be. I know that some of the performances have been a little bit underwhelming, but they're 4-5 and five right now after nine games entirely on the road with a chance to get level at 5-5 five and five on the year later today. I got to admit, I don't love it, but I certainly do not hate it. All right, we're going to hear from players and head coach Bob Bugner on the other side. And now, a moment of chill from Coors Light. 
Light Mountain Cold Refreshment made to chill after the short but cold beer run from hot tub to cabin. 2020 Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Celebrate responsibly. Welcome back to Morning Tide, brought to you by Coors Light. Yeah, there was a lot said. I think uh, we're, you know, I was upset with the guys. I think they're upset with themselves. It's, uh, you know, it's your, your characters in, in, in question there. When you when you have such a good first period, and you come back and all of a sudden, you know, hey, our power play uh, didn't go as well as we thought or that we wanted, and we lost momentum. I think that way. But you know, at the end of the day, it's at the same time. I mean, it's a five and five game when we got to get our five and five game established again. And you know, I, I just didn't. I didn't like a couple of the goals. I thought that uh, um, you know we looked. Uh, um, basically uninspired a little bit in, in parts of the second period when it started getting tough and they, and they scored that first goal and uh, you know you come in after that period and, and, and you challenge guys and you know our best players some of our best players have to be a little better and uh, they know who they are and I'm not going to pinpoint them out in the, in, in the media but there's guys in there that have a lot more to give and uh, you know and, and they got challenged in between periods and uh, um, it was time to look ourselves in the mirror a little bit and, and it's a gut check and I, you know they responded um, give them credit we came out and uh, started with Cooch's line Things like gut check time get thrown around, but I think that Bob Bugner 100% met it because I think he felt like his team had been demoralized, maybe a little bit emasculated after having such a horrific second period. And I think that he was looking at the leadership of this team, at the big money guys on this team, at also the core of the team. And he was looking at guys top to bottom, telling them essentially that they needed to respond. And yes, of course he is looking at those big time players and he doesn't need to name names we know exactly who he's talking about. Look at who came out and stepped up. Logan Couture, Evander Kane, Brent Burns. He has consistently hit on the fact this year that he thinks his best players need to play like their best players. And in that third period, that's exactly what the Sharks got. And that's what the Sharks need. These guys need to recognize that the onus is going to be on them more often than not. And they need to come forward with big time performances like they did last night. But more than that, they also need to figure out just what on earth is happening in the second period because this is happening time and time and time again. The second period is where the Sharks are getting destroyed. I mean, just absolutely destroyed. It's consistent. It's not like it's an aberration at this point. You see the Sharks come out, and if it's a good first period, you start asking yourself, what's going to happen in the second period? Are they going to show up? Or are they going to disappear? And I think that's what this team needs to figure out right now. And here's what Brent Burns had to say when he was asked about it by Sheng Peng of San Jose Hockey Now. And I want you to hear the entire exchange because I think it adds context. Uh, Brent, uh, Bob said the second period the play was uh, uninspired. I, I guess, uh, you know, what accounts for that kind of slippage in play in that middle period uh, tonight? Well, I think the same thing happened to them. Probably, you know, they they were they were not happy with the first period, so they're they're in the NHL too. So we, we got to find more energy and more urgency, cleaner. It's unacceptable from our part, and and they did their job to come back like we did in the third. You know, we we battled back and we come back. So you know, it's momentum. I I there's no I, I don't know what what was your wording. What, what were you asking for? If there if there's a reasoning Bob, for it, Bob, uh, there's never a reasoning for it. It's, 
What's that? Bob used the word uninspired. No, no, yeah, but you were saying like, what was uh, like, what was our, you know, it, it's yeah, it was awful. The second period was brutal. It's, it's unacceptable from us. I think you know that they're going to come out with a. a they were going to respond after their first period too. So it's tough. I, I think they came out a lot better than us in the second. I don't know why, or we wouldn't do it. That's obvious. We can't have those periods. You know, I, I think we liked our third period of the response, but you don't want to have to have that because it's not going to happen very often that you can come back from, from how we played in the second. And this is where I have a little bit of trouble because I don't know if Brent Burns by saying he doesn't know what exactly is happening if he's covering for his team or if he's being 100% honest. And I don't mean that in the sense that he's being dishonest, but ask yourself this question. Do you think Brent Burns is going to come out and say, yes, we're not doing A, B, and C, and we're consistently not doing that, and teams are taking advantage of it? I don't, because he might be giving the blueprint to other teams if he says that, A, and B, I think his pride is such, and I think that the team's pride is such, that they don't want to come out and acknowledge it like that, especially when they think they're still in the process of figuring out everything with this team as it currently exists right now. We've got other takes on the second period as well. Logan Couture. Uh, it's tough. I mean, it's the way this season has gone for us. You know, we, we, we play really well for a spurt, and then we uh, we stink it up for a spurt, and we got to figure out uh, how to end those, those spurts of bad play. You know, we, we've got to piece together better shifts, uh, long sustained shifts in the offensive zone to build some momentum. You know, it's, it's different right now. There's no fans in the stands, so you got to create your own energy. And we're not doing a good enough job of creating energy when, uh, when the other team gets momentum. And uh, third period, I mean, we got challenged by our coaches between the second and third, and um, we kind of challenged each other. Uh, we knew that that wasn't good enough. We, we know the importance of, of this little stretch of games right now. I mean, you know, it's a 56 game schedule and who knows uh, how big these points are going to be down the, down the road to, to get to the, the playoffs. So uh, it was time to buckle up and, you know, it's, it's tough that it had to come to, to that, to, to get and yelled at a little bit between the second and third, but uh, you know, sometimes you need that. Sometimes you do need that. And this was one of those nights. And the thing that I like is that Bob Bugner has really seemed to pick his spots this year in terms of when he's going to be upset, in terms of when he's going to lash out. And some people might think it needs to be more often, but I think Bugner, as a player that is not that far removed from his career, he knows what's up. He remembers being out there on a night-to-night basis and being in these games and underperforming or not living up to expectations. He knows what this is all about. And like I said, Previously, the only time after a game that he seemed really, really hot was that first game against St. Louis, where they scored four goals, and they had the early two-goal lead and ended up losing. This was one where Bugner went to his team after that second period and said, all right, something has to change right here and right now. Well, I'm sure the players are talking too, but no, I came in and said what I needed to have to, what I had to say. I think uh, the coach's room here is, is a little further away, so I don't know really what's going on when I'm not in there. But, uh, you know, I, I, I trust that we have, uh, you know, I think what, who, who you saw step up there um, at the beginning of the third period, it was it was Cooch, it was Burns, it was Kane, it was guys that knew that, you know, they needed to take the, uh, they needed to take things in their own hands a little bit. And, uh, um, you know, we got some pretty good contributions tonight. I mean, uh, Nieto scored on that fourth line, gave him some offense and, uh, you know, 
know, I think there was, there were some guys going, but there was a few guys that weren't going. And then, and at the end of the day, that's what's going to cost you. We're not a team that can afford to, you know, have one line going a night or two lines going tonight. We have to roll four and everybody's got to do their part. And, uh, you know, I think that's been our main problem so far through, uh, you know, the first part of the season, Hey, we're 500 and, you know, we've had some tough scheduling. We've talked all about that, but, uh, um, you know, we're, we're not a team that can rely on one or two guys a night. So therefore uh, we need more from some guys. And I think that I'm hearing a couple things there because one, he knows that he has a strong enough leadership group to where they are going to be speaking up regardless of what he says. So I think that he's looking at and he's saying, okay, do I have guys in here who can not make me always be the bad guy? And I'm not saying that Cooch or anybody else wearing the A in there is going to be the quote unquote bad guy, but you have to ask yourself, what good is it if a coach is constantly trying to come out there and push these same buttons every single night? If he's always going to come out after a bad second period and drop F-bombs and yell and scream and challenge and do this, that, and the other thing, it, it, it gets old, right? But if you have the different voices in the dressing room speaking up, that means that when you come in as a coach and you feel you need to lay into some guys and you need to make your feelings known, that means that when you do that it is going to be that much more effective. And I think last night was an instance where you saw that, where he picks his spots when he's going to speak up, when he is going to be more, um, let's say, effusive in sharing his thoughts about how the team has played up to that point, but it has more impact that way. And it also, it empowers the leadership group in the dressing room to be able to speak up as well because they are feeling that like they are being told that they have the ability to speak up and they don't have to always defer to the coach, that the coach is going to come in when he feels that it's most appropriate. But as we learn about this team, we are seeing that they know how to win these close games. They might not be winning them in the overtime period, but they're not losing them either, and they're giving themselves a chance to win in the shootout. It's happened now three times. That doesn't happen by accident. Just like the second period problems aren't happening by accident. This is part of what we are seeing in this team's DNA right now. The second period, you hope you rectify. The overtime, you hope that you can win it then and not go to a shootout. But the Sharks are again finding ways to win these close games. Here's Cooch on that. Yeah, we, we know how important that second point is. Um, you know, we wouldn't have been satisfied with just getting one tonight, obviously happy with the third period and fighting back to to give ourselves an opportunity but uh we needed to we wanted to and tough to to get that penalty call against us in the ot but i thought our killers did a great job jonah made some saves and uh, like i said the guys in the shootout scored big goals he knows how important that second point is and he knows how important this stretch of games is yeah it has to be i mean we're, we're smart in there we're not stupid in that room uh some guys smarter than others but uh, we know that these guys are a team that uh we can beat and you know they're on the same level as us they're gonna be battling for for a playoff spot and you know we've got to take advantage of these games and then try and win them and get two points you would like to to not go to overtime uh we would like to not give up that fourth goal uh, with nine left and held on to win in regulation but uh on the road nine in a row we'll take the points any any way we can get them right now so happy to uh to win in the shootout big goals by banker and and Ryan. And let's not overlook the importance of Martin Jones, who once again came up absolutely massive for the Sharks in a shootout. Head coach Bob Bugner. 
Yeah, he's battling hard. I mean, he I thought he was beat on both those goals, you know, and he found a way to stab his leg out on both and and uh, uh, in a glove. And, and you know, it's just that second effort, really, what uh, he's battling in there. He's urgent on the shootouts when, and, you know, he's he's getting us points that way. You know, I thought there was a couple just OK goals against on him. But, um, you know, you got to give him credit. I think he stayed focused and uh, and got through it. And and sometimes it's worse for a goalie when you have a week off and uh, you don't see game action. But, uh, you know, we found a way to win. That's the most important thing tonight. I mean, Jones, he came up big in shootout. We had uh, our penalty kill was big for us, you know, and we got some contributions. But, uh, you know, I think you could see uh, um, how well we can play in that first period. Uh, you'd like to try and you're not going to have every period like that, but you want to try and replicate that uh, energy and that four check and that kind of, uh, you know, just the, the second effort we had in that first period. It's there. Um, it's just got to be more consistent. There's a lot right now with the Sharks that needs to be more consistent. There's a lot out there that still needs to be fixed, that this team is still figuring out. But I was overall pretty darn pleased with what we saw last night. Different teams in that situation roll over and die, or they don't get that type of response at the start of the third period, especially when you're down two goals on the road. That tells me that this team has fight. That tells me that this team is viewing themselves as a playoff team. They recognize the importance of this stretch of games. They recognize the importance of getting back to 500, especially before they play their first home games of the year. They recognize the relative gravity of the entire situation. They talk about the shortness of the season. They talk about trying to figure out their problems. They don't hide from their problems. They may not openly admit what the issues are, and that is, you know, if we if we figure out what they are, or if they know what they are, but... They do seem to be taking this head on and they seem to be working on rectifying things and they just had a week off and responded with a win. Was it the best win ever? God, no, not even close, but a win is a win. And I think we can all agree on that. This Sharks team came out, played a great first period, an abysmal second period, and then responded with a lot of emotion in the third period to send it to overtime and got out a win. It means there's character. It means there's heart. It means there's talent. It means there's drive. It means there's desire. It means there is not a huge problem in the dressing room as there was perceived to be last year. And it means the Sharks can go for a two-game sweep, which they haven't done so far this year. This is the first time they've won the first game in a series since the first series of the year against Arizona. So we'll be right back at it tomorrow morning, Sunday morning with Teddy, taking a look back at what the Sharks do tonight against the Ducks in game two. I'll see you all tomorrow morning. For the San Jose Sharks, I'm Ted Ramey signing off. You've been listening to the San Jose Sharks Morning Tide, brought to you by Coors Light on the Sharks Audio Network.